From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, a very personal story of a young man growing up in Ipswich struggling to find his own identity. Bryant Strong is now a registered nurse caring for others, but that's only part of what he does to help the community. It's Wednesday, May 18, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This episode marks International Nurses Day and International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, Interphobia and Transphobia, which began in 1990. From a global perspective to a very local one, Bryant Strong is one of the many human faces of both. He is a University of Southern Queensland nursing graduate, now studying two degrees, and dedicated to improving the mental health of LGBTIQ young people in the Ipswich area. Brian Strong joins me now. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. You were born in Ipswich and went to Westmorton Anglican College. Can you describe for us your family environment and what challenges you faced growing up while coming to terms with your own sexuality? Yeah, you know, I was I was born um, in the same hospital that I, I do a lot of work with uh, now, the General Hospital. Um, so very much a local boy. Uh, look, it's always a, um, a a thing to to come to terms with. It's it's interesting. I, I think Ipswich as a community has has changed uh, a lot in in the last uh, twenty or, or so years. There's, there's a strong pride community building up here, uh, the University of Southern Queensland, where I graduated from where I do my current degrees has a really amazing uh, uh, pride group and pride community. There was uh, a wonderful documentary the SBS did uh, a couple of years ago on uh, drag shows and bowls clubs. Oh but, yes, um, I do remember that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think one of one of the things just is is that I growing up as uh, a young a young boy in Ipswich probably didn't get a lot of representation in bisexual pansexual men so i i suppose men that that were really like myself um attracted to to people uh, men women people who identify as gender fluid or non-binary just people in general did you actually come out while it's still at school uh i came out in my final year um of school at the same time that uh, two of my friends did. And what was the reception like generally across your fellow students and from the school itself? The school was actually uh, really great. Um, We we do have uh, a number of of staff uh, in the community. Still, you know, I'd... I was doing those kinds of very artsy, very dramery subjects um, all throughout my high school as well. and no, it was, it was really, really phenomenal. You know, I think there's a, a negative stigma um, sometimes associated with the community and what is an, an Anglican high school. But uh, I, you know, I managed to um, get a lot of support. I was, I was the chapel captain in my final year, the same year I came out. I, be- I believe that at that point, the school had had 
um, six consecutive uh, school captains who identified uh, in the LGBTQI plus community. Were you ever under any pressure to deny or change your own sexuality? There's a difficulty that exists. Yeah, I, there's a pressure that probably does exist with young queer men who don't neatly fit into neatly fit into just you know just a, a gay man, a, a, a gay young man. I think that there is this tendency, uh, or at least I did. I felt, and and I know some of my other friends did, to just if there was any even remote attraction to anyone that was feminine to kind of pursue that, if that makes any sense. So you've, you've left school, you've succeeded, you've graduated, and you went on to do a Bachelor of Nursing at USQ. When did you decide on nursing as a career? Oh, always, absolutely always. Um, nursing and midwifery were, were always my goal, and I'm studying midwifery at the moment. You know, my younger brother is uh, autistic, and growing up he had some amazing care in the healthcare system. And I really loved how, how everyone was with him and, and that kind of personal element. And even for a while, I was thinking about sort of medicine. But then I realized that that personal connection and that sitting down and talking to people was always more of an interest to me than any of the actual medical stuff. So uh, nursing just seemed appropriate. You also specialise in mental health, and mental health is regularly in the news, a lot more than it used to be, thankfully, uh, especially focusing on LGBTIQ young people. What is your personal experience when you were in those formative years in your teens? Did you actually go out looking for and get any support? Uh, When I was growing up, um, to to be honest, I I navigated uh, a lot of those really kind of formative things with the amazing support of of my family and of my friends and i had a really great support network around me but what would have been really good is um is having representation and just even knowing even if i didn't engage with it knowing that services where i could reach out to um that that worked with lgbtqi plus youth would have been phenomenal there's a well-publicized risk of depression, anxiety, substance abuse and suicidal thoughts among young people. What more can be done to help? A lot. A lot more can be done to help um, youth generally. We need better support networks and I think stronger networks in school. I, I think that we we need to be supporting children's mental health in, in school and, and I think that's become even more of a case during this pandemic. In the LGBTQI plus community, young transgender people uh, form the highest suicide bracket at the moment, just just in this country. Mm. And there's not enough addressing that, I don't think. The struggles with sexual identity growing up is also not new, and we are fortunate it's talked about a lot more. And after school now, you've become very much an advocate for the community. What was your motivation? And in practical terms, what are you doing to raise awareness of all the issues? One point I don't think that's highlighted enough with uh, with the LGBTQI plus community is that it is, and and those struggles that you have early on in life, you know, it, it is it is a culture. There is this this culture, this amazing culture which exists in this community. And it's one of the only cultures on earth that you're not born into. I mean, people from uh, religious and ethnic minorities face a series uh, of discriminations 
and and that is that's a, that's a fact. But mm. the reality is is that if you fall into an ethnic or a religious minority, you do so because your parents are. You have someone that you can you can come home and talk to. Young queer kids, young queer kids growing up in in places that aren't you know Sydney, aren't Brisbane, aren't Melbourne, don't always have that kind of support network. Uh, advocacy became a really big thing in, in the work that I did. Um, even before I'd left, uh, even before I'd finished my degree, I started doing uh, work with the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras um, and started doing uh, working with the, the committee there doing medical support. Right. So h- how did you reach out and get involved? I went to see the, um, the Sydney Gay and Lesbian uh, uh, Mardi Gras one year um, and then uh, I I just just met and got talking with some of the uh, the medical people there. I found I think nurses find nurses quite quickly, and it was just yeah, it, it became a. I, I think this is a really important job you're doing. You know, I, I'd really love to to help with that. So when you get one of the biggest events on on the planet, when you get that many people together in a in an area in a crowded street. Um, medical support becomes a, a really important thing. You've taken on a role with a local mental health service. How did that come about and, and, and what are you actually doing there? Yeah, so it, our house, our haven, which is an absolutely phenomenal uh, mental health service. It's nurse-led. Um, it's run by Kerry Blake, who's a credentialed mental health nurse. Uh, she formerly was uh, running mental health uh, supports at the Ipswich Hospital and then kind of in her retirement, wanted to to do work outside of a hospital setting because mental health work isn't always best suited in a, men- in, in a hospital setting. I did a placement there, in fact, for my, my nursing degree at USQ, and I fell completely in love with the place. And I graduated and I finished my nursing, um, and I started doing work there. Uh, and they, they work with absolutely everyone, but um, a lot of people with trauma. And I came there specifically to work with um, children and youth in trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I still do. I don't work exclusively um, with the queer community, but I, I definitely offer a series of services to them specifically. And it, it actually kind of came in, in place of I, just, I was just working with young people with mental health concerns. And as, as the research suggests, a lot of those, a lot of those young people identified in the LGBTQI plus community, uh, and from there, I started to get a lot more specialised, a lot more interested and passionate about working with young queer people, young people, especially um, with gender uh, identity. So, young trans people, young people questioning their gender identity, and started to do some really specific work with that. I can, uh, hear, I can hear the passion in your voice. What, what are you finding are the issues that young people are coming to you at the moment with? What, what are they talking about? It's hard on parents, I think. And, and I, honestly, I honestly do understand that. I think every um, – because the other, the other work in the medical field I, I do, um, and I'm very lucky to, to do, is midwifery as well. Um, and I'm, I'm very much aware that, you know, you, you birth a wonderful, beautiful baby boy and you hand that over to, to uh, a mum or a dad or, you know, or whatever couple. In the immediate 30 seconds, their whole life, they start to plan out their whole life. They think, you know, this is, this is a beautiful boy. 
Um, I'm going to go play catch with him on the weekends. I'm, you know, he's going to go to the the old boys school up the road. They start to plan this entire life. And then you get to those ages where people start to question their identity and developmental changes start to happen that 14, 15, 16, 17. And then suddenly as a parent, you hear, actually, I'm, I'm not a boy. I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a girl. I'm a woman. I always have been. And that can be a really hard thing for, for parents to adjust because a whole lot of their expectations change very, very quickly. And when you have parents that, that struggle with that or parents, and we do, that just simply uh, refuse to accept that, it causes a lot of tension in, in our young people. Um, a lot of the work I do when I work with trans people is sitting down with, with their family as well, is talking with their family about it. Brian, you mentioned you were still studying. So what's next for you? Uh, so I am studying uh, a, a master's uh, of, of nursing specialising mental health right now, and that is to, to strengthen the already additional um, studies I, I've done in, in mental health nursing. And I'm also studying a, a bachelor's of midwifery. And I suppose the goal with that is I would love to open a service in Ipswich, which works with women with mental health concerns which which impact and, and face their pregnancy. I will always, always work with the LGBTQI plus community. And I think Ipswich Hospital is, is starting to see a lot more, um, a lot more people who are, who are giving birth, who identify in that community. You know, I, I can't imagine me leaving the role I do now, but uh, I would love to add on to it, that kind of maternal support, because it's another um, at-risk group, young or, or even older women who are, who are having babies and who just, in addition to everything else that's going on in their body, are really struggling emotionally. Brian Strong, it's been a pleasure to talk to you to mark International Nurses Day and the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, Interphobia and Transphobia. I wish you all the best and thanks for talking with Ipswich today. Thanks so much for having me. A reminder, you will find handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.